Blog Talk Radio. Saturday morning, uh, 917-889-8516 is our digits, and oh my goodness, we have a lot to talk about today. Uh, yeah, you know it, we'll be talking about the latest gambling scandal in the NFL, and this time involves the Indianapolis Colts and what's going on there. We're going to be talking about that later on. Also, uh, back to the NBA championship fi- uh, uh, finals, the Nuggets uh, tack on another one. They're getting closer and closer to a uh, NBA championship, MLB and MLS, uh, with Adam Jividen and our our college football co-pilot and Browns fan, Buckeye fan, Guardians fan is going to be joining us as well. And it looks like we've got Tony, I mean, it looks like we've got Steve Wilson, uh, our editor-in-chief of SpeedwayDigest.com and our uh, balance green room. We'll get to him here in just a minute. The the cars roll out in Samoa, Samona. Wine Country, also Tony Donahue at the Tony D Podcast and BurnoutSports.com, our official IndyCar contributor. We're going to break down what's going on in IndyCar, and it, ha- it has been a lot. Then we're going to wrap it up with Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles at SI.com, our official NFL contributor. We'll see what he has to say about all of this gambling nonsense in the NFL. Of course, uh, we're into the uh, offseason OTA. 917-889-8516 is my digits. We'll be right back, right here on the Balance Radio Network. component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, 
new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. Morning face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got mace. Ow, that went in my eyes. We're moving. It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA. Love your home. Oh, hi. Uh, hey. I've seen on the board, do you guys have Black Rifle coffee here? No, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted. So, um, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Masa Le Piquet, which, of course, in the Indonesian language... Oh, let me finish. In the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they investor philanthropists? Do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans causes and first responder causes. But it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wanting. Do you have any? You know what? Actually, I'm, I'm just going to order it. They make it fresh and roasted. Okay. Right. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good. Digest, our official NASCAR contributor. How are you, sir? 
I'm doing all right. How about yourself? Oh, fantastic! It's it's always good when you get up and the sun's shining and and you and you don't feel like you want to stay in bed. It's all good, and we've got some good racing planned out on the West Coast, out in wine country uh, this weekend, and so we'll get into that conversation with you in a minute. Window number two, the one, the only Adam Jividen, our our uh, uh, college football co-pilots, uh, our Swiss Army knife of the show, uh, just partner in crime. All-around great guy, Adam Jevedin. How are you, sir? I'm good, Tom. How are you, man? Good. We're playing the split window game. Well, guys, let's let's get into this conversation, uh, and we'll, we'll, we could talk about it from both sides, both on the racing side. I don't know that we've had a lot of issues this, and I'll lean to your knowledge here in just a moment, Steve, on the racing side. But I do know it's becoming more and more prevalent, and, and Adam, on your side of the window. Of, of gambling. Obviously, one of the biggest things we're talking about right now here locally, uh, unfortunately, involves the Indianapolis Colts. Isaiah Rogers uh, admitted to uh, making bets. Uh, we believe, now we don't know this to be official because we have not seen the official NFL statement, uh, that he, he has bet on Colts games while in the facility. Big, big, big no-no. So we could be looking at a lifetime suspension there. But also, we've, we've seen this. Uh, now, I don't think that this constitutes the conversation that happened with the White Sox and all that. Uh, maybe a constitution that, that constitute a conversation uh, about Pete Rose again, but that's neither here nor there. And then, of course, I don't know about it, it happening in the racing circuit. So we'll start with you, Steve. Uh, and we're going to get into the races in some moment, just a moment. But obviously, this is big breaking news. Uh, so, has that really been an issue? And what is? Maybe you could just help us understand what the issue is, at least with NASCAR, uh, when it comes to gambling and the drivers and NASCAR personnel. Well, we haven't really had anything from our side because it's kind of new in our world, and NASCAR really hasn't, or our sports books and things like that really haven't brought. NASCAR racing into the fold until the last couple of years or so, and you know it's really been sticking the balls for it that have then made up the the bulk of kind of these issues. And um, NASCAR kind of, and while NASCAR does have agreements with uh, multiple sports books, um, MGM and some of the bigger players in the games, um, you know it, it it comes down to you know they they've all laid out kind of the rules right from the get-go and um you know it's so far we've not had anybody doing it you know there there's there's suspensions and you know some of the things that you you, you know we've talked you talked about a little bit and you know Pete Rose and you know we obviously know his kind of dealings over the years in baseball and um, but no, because we're so new on our side of the world, it it really hasn't come up yet. And you know, that's not really to say that you know somebody hasn't you know bet on a race or a particular outcome or something like that. It's just that you know we're so new to it on our side that it, it's not been heavily kind of uh, looked into, or maybe it's just not happening in the first place because you know it's just it's so new and. You know, there's a lot of people that are on our side that are kind of sitting waiting. You know, while Fox has their deal of you know when Quentin Boyer's money, they kind of see that as a as a skill game versus more of a of a betting game and things like that. So you know, there's 
multiple levels to this on our side, and mm-hmm. we just we're just not seeing it right now. I got you. Well, I have to admit, guilty as charged. I bet on races every single week. I'll be doing it again this week. But hey, I'm not part of NASCAR personnel. Adam Jividen, uh let's look at it from from your aspect of things. And 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 I know we 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 have talked a lot about this before in the past. And we have seen on different on our side of the window college football. We're let's not just put all the the, the heat on Isaiah Rogers. It's just that that's who's in front of our face right here in Indianapolis. But let's not forget it's going on in Detroit. It's going on in other NFL teams. Um, it's also going on in college football. I'm sure it's going on in the NBA. It's going on in the MLB. So it's not isolated to the NFL. On a high level here, Adam, what what are your thoughts? I think that. It should be okay as long as you're not betting. I, I, I get the NFL's policy. You can't bet in, in the NFL. If you're part of the NFL, you can't bet on anything in the NFL. The way I understand it, you can bet on other sports as long as you're not inside the team uh, facility. So real quickly, when this news broke, uh, obviously we're talking about some other players in Detroit. We can go through and name the list. No no need to. Uh, just insert name here. Uh, gambling in the NFL, uh, and, and let's get your uh, take on it here, Adam. Yeah, I mean, it's always one of those things that was going to become – it was – people were already going to do it, so you may as well regulate it is kind of the way that it, – Kind of like Similar to weed. what happened with the NIL and college football. You know, people were doing it. When it was illegal, I mean, I mean, think about how many mob movies like that's like one of the central plot lines. <laughs> like, like that, it was a thing for so long that everybody knew was kind of the quote unquote underbelly of sports, and you would wonder how much that would actually affect the game. Well, the thing is, is that if you just have it now be a part of kind of mainstream culture, you can at least regulate it and control it better. And, and I think that's the thing. It's not like it's if you have adult men and women making decisions on what to do with their money, you know, that's, that's their call. I know a lot of people that have made and lost lots of money is on DraftKings. Uh, you ask me for my picks every single Sunday. Um, for <laughs> when it comes to NFL season. <laughs> and I, every week I'm curious how we turn out. But, you know, I, I think, like, if you're doing it responsibly – I, it, and it's something you enjoy, go for it. Now, as it relates to the players, yes, players should not be able to, to, to bet on anything remotely related to their sport. I, I don't know that the NFL has, has come out publicly with what their stances are, that if you um, – I'm sure it's in the collective bargaining agreement, which, you know, you can get access to because it's a public document. Um I do think Isaiah Rogers, if it's true that he was betting on Colts games, he does need banned for life. Like, that's just yeah, – at I, that point, once think, that's happened, I don't know how you can have any trust in that player any longer. Cause, right. Well, his days with the Colts, I'm sure, are, are numbered. They're just waiting for the penalty to come down from the NFL, and he's going to be released immediately right, from, if, from if the, the, the – comes... And, Thomas, and the reason for that is if the penalty comes from the NFL – it clears the cult, the cult of the perspective cap space versus you know what I, I, I appreciate you telling me that, and we're going to get back to that here in just a second, but we want to make sure we get back over here to Steve. Steve, um, if you've got anything else to add on the betting, that, that's fine. Uh, but I do want to talk with you about some racing uh, stuff that's going on, Samoma, this, this, this week. But 
I want to talk about NASCAR and the relationship with Le Mans. A lot of people are saying that's a no-go area. That should be two separate worlds. NASCAR's getting into this world where they're really combining a lot of different stuff. What and I am I'm okay with them getting part of the Le Mans series. It's 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 good for NASCAR, it's good for Le Mans, but it's getting a lot of negative press. What what are your thoughts on NASCAR and the whole Le Mans thing uh, uh race that's coming up? Well, I'm 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 not really a, uh, a sports a sports car. Uh, a person per se, and I mean, you know, I've covered a couple Rolexes and things like that, and you know, I try and you know keep up with what's going on in the world and try and expand my horizons in a lot of ways. But you know, the, this Garage 56 deal is, you know, a class all to themselves, which is traditionally been for for outside, you know, the sports car realm to go in or or even manufacturers and and teams to be able to go in there and and showcase uh, uh, some different technologies and some different kinds of cars that, you know, would not traditionally be in some of these sports car events. And, you know, they, they don't, let's be honest, they don't, they don't have any, they're not going to win anything. They're, they're not going to win Le Mans that, you know, at all, you know, they're, they're, that's not the point of garage 56 and, you know, it's more of a showcase piece and, Yes, you know, they've got some speed across some of the other classes, and, you know, they, they've won the, the pit crew challenge using Hendrick Motorsports as pit crew. But, I mean, let's think back, you know, you know, pit crews have, have won the Indianapolis 500 when the Wood Brothers came there, uh, you know, decades ago to, to pit cars in, in the Indianapolis 500 and won the Indianapolis 500 with a stock car pit crew versus a – you know, a, a, an open wheel crew, and you know, we, we've seen these crossovers over time, and you know, we've we've seen this kind of happen. But you know, for us, it, it's more about showcasing the car. And you know, really, you think about the platform that this next gen car is built on. Anyways, it's it's more closely mm-hmm. resembles a IMSA car or, or a or a car like that that we would see in the Rolex as far as the platform. Maybe not the exterior components, but the but the platform that is kind of built from the ground on. And you know, really, it's kind of pretty close to what they're running in Le Mans, anyways. Adam, let's get over to you. Uh, I want to continue this uh, gambling in the NFL conversation. Also, we want to get into some NBA and M- MLB talk here uh, quickly as well. But uh, let's let's talk about how it. Here, here's the thing. Uh, the NFL has gotten into bed. Let's not lie. They've gotten into bed with the sports books. And, yeah, I mean, let's face it, the stadium in, in Vegas is actually attached to a sports book. Uh, uh, so the Super Bowl will be a, a, the sports book world. The Super Bowl gambling is all part of it. But I, I liken it to this, and maybe this is just a stupid comparison. But, you know, I heard somebody made this comparison this week, so I can't take full claim to it, but it makes sense. It's a great analogy. So if you are a bartender or an Uber driver, you've been an Uber driver, if you're a bartender uh, and you are uh, serving drinks to lots of people and they're drinking and they're having a good time, in theory and in by law, you're not allowed to be the person drinking. So I think that's kind of where it's at. Yes, the NFL embodies and, and says, hey, it's come bet on our teams. We want that. But we don't want our players to do that because we want everything to be clean and above board. We know that's not going to happen. We know there's going to be scandals. This time it's Isaiah Rogers. It's going to be somebody else. 
you made a comment earlier. Everybody's doing it. Let's just let's just make it legalized. Are you saying? And I don't know if that's what you're saying, but are you saying that the NFL should just say, "All right, guys, go ahead and make your bets," and it is what it is? I think that's no, a, no. a very dangerous. Okay, all right. I wanted to clarify. No, that. no, no, Sorry. no. I was more talking to referring to fans in this scenario. Gotcha. Okay, makes sense. Yeah. Perfect. No, sense. The, the players, players absolutely should not be able to bet on anything related to the sport that they're in, whether that's NFL, MLB, NHL. I, I mean, pick one. Should be and that and that actually not is just players. That's players. That's officials. That's uh, front office executives. I don't care if you work in the concession stand. If you are employed by a property of which is being bet, it should be off limits. Just totally. T- yeah. No. It, no it's disagreement. Too, it's too. It's a slippery slope if you allow that. So the way I understand the rule is the NFL says, hey. If you're a part of the NFL any, in any part of the, the thing, you cannot bet on any NFL team at any time, at any place. Now, if you want to bet on a baseball game, you can do said bet outside of the facility. Now, the right. facility also encompasses any team activity. So if they're on the yep. road and they're at the team hotel, that's the facility. Yep. Uh, uh, so they can't do that. Now, here's the difference between an indefinite or a lifetime suspension is if you bet on your team, that's an automatic indefinite suspension. If you bet on your team inside the facility, it could open up the doors for a lifetime suspension. But here's the other gray area, because now that the USFL has really taken off, got the Canadian Football League, it does not prohibit them. From going over there now, does that mean that 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 opportunity will be afforded to them? I I don't know, but at the moment, from what I read early this morning on Sports Illustrated, it's kind of coming out that he did bet on the Colts and inside the Colts facility. Uh, that said, lifetime ban is probably coming. Let's go on back over to Steve Wilson, the other window here, camera B, if you will, camera A. Uh, Chase Elliott coming back from suspension. Uh, I kind of just I, – I, I raised an eyebrow on how that even happened because, I mean, Denny's no angel. Denny's been met, mixed up and stuff on the other end before. But, but NASCAR has to say the line in the sand is here. And that was a clear block from Chase Elliott to Denny Hamlin causing an accident. Could have been very, 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 very dangerous. Uh, I get why he got the suspension, but he had just gotten the playoff waiver from doing something stupid. Uh, in my mind, in my mind – I know that the sports guys will be sports guy, but he was in a snowboarding, snowmobile, yeah, snowboarding accident. We was out for several weeks. He had to get that waiver to come back and compete for the playoffs. And since he's got that waiver and to compete for the playoffs, he goes and does something stupid again. I'm beginning to see a trend here with Chase Elliott, and I don't like what I'm seeing. What are, what are your thoughts there, uh, Steve? Well, you know, at the end of the day, you know, had I, I don't think had – Denny Hamlin gone out there and put that on the data on Twitter that he would have been suspended. And I think that's where NASCAR was put into the boxes where there's no mm-hmm. public dump of information. And then we saw Austin Cindric do it just, just this past week, uh, you know, for an incident that, that, that occurred at Worldwide Technology Raceway. And while nobody's been suspended for that, um, you know, I, I, I think that, 
you know, it, it's now we've come into the realm of seeing Denny Hamlin do it. Now every driver that seems to be aggrieved is going to go out there and dump data in the public sphere. Um, and, you know, the, this is data at one time we all once had access to, and it's kind of been, you know, kind of gatekept over the last couple of years, you know, from, from being able to access this data. And this was data that fans, you know, at home would be able to, to tap into and, and monitor the sport or watch the sport in a lot of different ways. But, um, you know, for, for what, you know, Elliot did, you know, I go back to where the egregious nature of where we see the suspension come in. And, you know, people are going to compare, well, you know, Bob Wallace did this in Las Vegas. Well, you know, okay, let's go back and look at that incident. Bob Wallace also got out of the car and attempted to fight Kyle Larson or did fight mm-hmm. Kyle Larson on an active racetrack, whereas Chase Elliott took his car to the garage and parked it and ended his day. So technically, I mean, he he you know his penalty should have ended with the fact that he wrecked himself out of the race and had to go and end his own day. You know that he didn't get out of the car, jump out the car, and try and fight anybody. And you know that's where I delineate the two differences. Is NASCAR has always held this kind of unofficial role, whereas if you cause an incident. If you put yourself out of the race as part of that incident, regardless of what happens to the other person, they look at it and say, well, you did it to yourself. You had to end your own day and end your own race, so that's where your penalty is. You're sitting in the garage while other people are racing, and um, you know because there was no further – uh, incidents involved, you know, I, I kind of feel like, you know, there's this gray area in which, you know, that they probably may let this go until Danny Hamlin then dumps the data out there and says, well, look mm-hmm. at this, and then it puts them into that box where that gray area of you've ended your day no longer is sufficient enough for pen- penalty. Gotcha. Uh, and I, I totally understand that. And I, I hope that Chase can get back into a situation of doing well in the playoffs. I like Chase. I'm actually a fan of Chase. I just have kind of been disappointed in what how how things have been around him and the radars on him. Uh, so let's just kind of maybe he, he – uh, Maybe he uh, slows his roll down a little bit. I, I I don't I don't know what the answer to that is, but but certainly be curious to see how it goes. Real quickly, let's talk take a look at Sonoma. Sonoma. Uh, it's a track that is a challenging track. It's out on the west coast, and it's actually the only track that I know of that you change sea levels uh, in the in the duration of the race. Talk with us about Sonoma and the challenges that Xfinity and and NASCAR has with that track, and some of your takeaways while we still got you here for a few more minutes. Well, we've we've already seen kind of one pretty heavy incident yesterday in practice when Anthony Alfredo um, throttle locked up and destroyed his car. So, you know, they're working on something that they had from uh, Portland this past weekend. So, you know, hopefully they can get themselves back up there. Um, you know, something we're we're looking at is uh, Kyle Busch is, is now one for the third time this year uh, winning in Worldwide Technology Raceway. And, um, he he seems to be somebody right now that 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 is a, a championship contender all the way down to Phoenix and um, you know kind of an interesting tidbit to that. I mean you know the, the last time that Richard Trozos even won a you know championship was in the 90s and you know Kyle Busch has now kind of resurged that organization back to championship contention week in and week out um, following his win last week and then. 
you know, um, he talked a little bit about Chase Elliott. I mean, you know, Chase Elliott has been a driver in which, you know, we look at the Roval every year and we say that he's a contender for the Roval and he's become a pretty good road racing uh, kind of uh, driver in, in a lot of aspects. And, and we've, we've had to see drivers kind of pivot to that in order to win these championships now. And for Elliott now to have that kind of check off on the fact that he now has a waiver for not only because he he got hurt, but now because he's been suspended, you know, he's in that box where he has to either win. He doesn't have enough weeks to point himself back in. He's got to win this thing in the next mm-hmm. couple of weeks. And, um, you know, or hopefully there's a massive catastrophic fall off by some of these other drivers that are sitting right there on the, the, the line that would maybe be able to just barely bumping in by a few points here or there. Um, but, you know, uh, you know, I, I'd look for, you know, him to try and research his season starting this week, and uh, we get a break next week uh, coming out of uh, Sonoma before we finish off uh, the summer series and head on into the playoffs. So let me add, let me ask you this real quick. If we go, speaking about going into to the playoffs, how big of a race point-wise and how big of a race – do some of these teams on the bubble have to have this weekend and next weekend to even have an outside looking in shot with the playoffs? Well, you know, really over the next about um, about seven races or so, I think it's about what is left that, you know, there's really only seven races before we get to Daytona and cut this thing off. Um, you know, there are opportunities in there, but, you know, we, we go to some tracks such as Pocono and Watkins going um, Michigan, et cetera, or, or Richmond over the next part of the summer. And, um, you know, a win sooner than later is is better because, you know, it gives the opportunity to get the stage points and then, you know, kind of collect some additional points uh, heading on into Daytona and eventually the start of the playoffs in Darlington. But, you know, there, there's teams that are down there at that that point and you know um you know, chase elliott has kind of put him and got himself down in that area or is in that area uh alex bowman is another driver over there at hendrick motorsports that um with him being out for the last couple of weeks and finally coming back uh, finally coming back um you know here recently because of his injury you know he's also kind of in that um kind of deal right now too where he he's going to have to win and get himself in and you know, for Hendrick Motorsports to have two drivers right now, I'm looking outside and 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 one being arguably the the, the most popular driver in the sport right now, uh, is pretty a major thing. And I mean, we we see people like Brad Keselowski and Chris Busher and you know that team over at RFK, who's not traditionally you know they've been trying to rebuild that organization where they're well inside of this thing, and you've got two powerhouses over at a powerhouse team outside of this. So you know, the dynamic has really changed this year in a lot ways and we see this you know with just those particular two examples right now and anything right now that somebody can do to win is going to be huge final final thing here before we let you go we're talking with steve wilson editor-in-chief of speedwaydigest.com our official nascar contributor uh talking about nascar being out in sonoma uh noah gregson is going to be out this weekend uh, due to concussion uh protocol uh he started getting symptoms this week obviously that that happened after his wreck in gateway last week where his brake rotor failed at his car and heading into turn one and it crashed into the wall there that's where that that's coming from grant effinger uh, we've been seeing him more and more step out of the truck uh 
uh, series and, and step in as kind of that substitute driver. Uh, we're going to see more of Grant, by the way, in the in the Xfinity and NASCAR season. I really do believe that coming up in the next couple of years. Great fit, fit, great opportunity for great Eppinger. Uh, but, uh, you know, disappointment. Obviously, Noah Gregson is a huge uh, uh, fan favorite out at the track. A lot of people come to the track just to see Noah. What are your thoughts on that? And how's uh, Noah going to be on this? Is this going to be going to last more than a week during this uh, concussion protocol? Much like football, they've got to go through a, a protocol process before they can get back in the car. Makes perfect sense. Uh, but what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, you know, real quick on that is that when he did his post-race interview last week at World Wild Technology Raceway, he was, he was obviously, you know, very shook up from that incident. And it wasn't just shook up from the fact that you just got out of a wreck. There was something very visually indiscernible about what was happening with him and his interview. And, you know, I know a lot of people uh, noticed it, and that's why he went through these additional protocols and checks to, to make sure that he was okay, which found this concussion in there. So, yeah, I, I would, you know, he he needs to get himself better because, you know, these, these things are, you know, we, we've seen what it can do to people, and this is why we put people out at this point. And, you know, he's very young in his career, and he's got a long time to go. Mm-hmm. We don't need to cut it short, um, which other people have. And, you know, I think you know, he's doing the right thing by setting himself out. Or, you know, NASCAR is, you know, involved into that decision. But to put him out of the car this week is, is, is a good thing. And, you know, maybe check him in a week or two and see where he's at and see where he goes through these per, per concussion protocols, and then we'll uh, see him back in the car at some point, maybe later this summer. Easy for you to say, right? <laughs> hey, I have, I have the yeah. same problem. Yeah. Uh, Steve, thanks for joining us. I know you were, you were taking the weekend off uh, this weekend, so I appreciate you taking some time in your weekend off just to uh, catch us up. Uh, I hope you, you have a good, relaxing weekend, and we'll catch up with you again soon, sir. Where can people find your work in Masterpieces, right. by the way? And you follow us at Speedway Digest on Twitter, Facebook.com, slash Speedway Digest, and SpeedwayDigest.com. Thanks, guys. I'll okay. see you in, oh, yeah, let me, yeah, I'll see you in a couple of weeks because we have next weekend off, no racing next weekend. You got it, buddy. All right, buddy, we'll talk with you soon. All right, man. Bye. Thanks. Steve Wilson, editor-in-chief of SpeedwayDigest.com. He, he told me he was taking the weekend off and that he would, he would, he would probably need to push uh, our conversation this week. So I totally wasn't expecting the call, and then right at the last second, hey, I'll be calling. So uh, that's how we ended up with our split camera view today. So, hey, it happens from time to time. But joining us also still uh, in Camera B, now uh, live with Camera B, is Adam Chibadin, college football co-pilot and Browns, uh, Buckeye, Guardians, all super fan of all of that stuff, all-around great guy, our Swiss Army knife of the show, Adam I appreciate your patience there. <laughs> yeah, did, you lo- worries, did, you, did you learn anything about racing? <laughs> if I would have paid attention, yes, probably. <laughs> I get it. I totally understand. I totally understand. Well, uh, I only let's... have so much space in my brain for so many sports, and racing hey, gets I, squeezed out. Hey, I, I tell you what. I know you. I know your brain's like a squirrel in a sugar rush. So, I mean <laughs> – I get it. You can you can only do so much. Totally understand. Hey, I, I don't want to gobble up all the time talking about the gambling because we're going to be talking about that throughout the show. So let's get on over to the NBA playoffs. And the Nuggets had up 3-1. Of course, the Heat have gotten one. So uh, it's looking good for the Nuggets. I won't say I told you so, but you told me so too. So we, we were in agreement on the Nuggets. I, I not only we told were... you so, I told you Nuggets in five. 
And right now, I'm looking pretty dang good. You are looking good, sir. So we'll we'll see how. I like the Nuggets, though. I I, I think it's a good opportunity for them, and you know, uh, and so we'll see what happens. Obviously, they don't play again till Monday. But go ahead and and give us the Adam Jividen scoop on the NBA championship so far this year. <laughs> you know, I, I I think like this has played out honestly exactly how I thought with this with this NBA Finals. Just flip flop game two for game three. I thought Miami would come home and win the first game at home, but instead they won game two in Denver after Denver kind of cakewalked to a game one win. I think they just didn't have it. uh, They didn't really put the hammer down like they should have. Jokic has completely dominated the series, but even then the next best two players probably in the finals have been Jamal Murray and then Aaron Gordon. Denver is just – they're playing at another level right now that Miami just can't hit. Miami just doesn't have the horses to compete. Um, if, if I'm going to be honest, they have gotten here because Eric Spolstra is the best coach in the NBA right now um, and has just figured out ways to take away what teams want to do and force them into playing the way that he wants to. But Denver's just too talented to do this. They've been the number one team in the West basically all season. Um, and that was before Jamal Murray has, has just – he's just now coming back really into the form of, of what, we would, what we would expect him to play. Um, so, you know, I, it's, I, I expected this out of Denver, if I'm going to be honest. I mean, I told you, Denver's going to win in five. I was like, Miami will, will, will sneak one. Um, and then that's it, you know. So – it's it's been as expected. The interesting stat that I heard the other day that I did, I wasn't aware of is when Denver wins, this will be the first Western Conference team to win that's not located in the state of California or Texas since nineteen seventy nine. That is unbelievable. Adam Jividan, real quickly, I want to. I know you you are our go to guy when it comes to soccer, and I've been trying to get home to a lot of people I work with are all into soccer, and so I'm I'm learning a lot between you and just uh, soaking up conversations around me. I don't know a lot about Lionel Messi, but I know he's like one of the greatest soccer players in the world. Turns out that the Saudis were trying to to get him to come play. It looks like he's going to Miami with for an ungodly amount of money. So talk with us a little bit about why Lionel Messi coming to Miami. Uh, why it bo- I can see why it would boost MLC ticket sales, but does that mean that Miami is going to dominate the MLS instantly? I don't know. That's a go-to question for no, you. I, so, yeah, so not necessarily. Messi, here's the thing, Tom. Messi's not just one of the greatest players in the world. Messi is now into GOAT conversation. We're at the point now where Messi and Pele is the LeBron Jordan conversation. For those of you that are not I'm just wondering about that. Uh, yeah. soccer aficionados, Messi is there. By winning the World Cup and pulling Argentina to that World Cup win, we're talking GOAT status right now. So Messi can choose and do whatever he wants to. Will Inter Miami win the MLS? Uh, they could. He's that good. Will they, though? I don't think so. And the reason for it is in soccer, you can be an absolute monster and be at your best. And if, you're, if the, 
if the players around you um, aren't aren't up to snuff, it's not like basketball where you know LeBron can go to one team and then like pull them up to like the finals, um, like he did with the Cavs early or things like that. It's there's just too many pieces involved. Where I think Inter Miami will likely compete for a championship isn't this year; it's next year. There's going to be players. Any potential players are going to want to come play with Messi. Again, he's the greatest player, not just of our generation, but maybe of any generation. Um, and, and I think that's where this move puts Miami on the map in terms of a destination for additional players um, as long as he's there. And, and the talk is, is that he may even want to transition into ownership, um, similar to what we saw from David Beckham. Um, so so this, is a, this is a really elaborate move. For Messi, I can tell you personally, I'm trying to get tickets to go see Messi play against FC Cincinnati in October. So, like, it's on my radar. I'm I'm 100% down to go see. He's been my favorite player for years. And I thought I'd Love never it. have a chance to see this person. So, it's a huge, huge deal. Good. And I, I, I thought it was. Obviously, I, I'm not naive to the fact of what it was. So, yeah, it's uh, good to bring us into the speed on that. You're always welcome to come on here and, and educate us on soccer. I know we, we don't dedicate as much time to soccer as we as we should. But but now that I'm, I'm, I'm totally all sold into this, sucked into Ted Lasso, I'm all, I'm all for it, man. <laughs> I, I, I try to give a daily to my team. I try to give a daily Ted Lasso quote. So there you go. Would you rather be a panda or would you rather be a, a lion? A lion or a panda? That's one of my favorites. Uh, I probably panda, screwed 100%. it. <laughs> but I, you know, I did not know. I didn't realize. I, I, I didn't guess I thought it was going to be more serious, more soccer-oriented. But when we first started watching it, we're like, this, this, is, this is funny. This is funny stuff. Now, there's some serious moments, obviously, when his yep. wife leaves him and his kid. And there, there's some serious moments. Don't get me wrong. But overall, <laughs> overarching. Now, I don't know that you want to watch it with your kids. It depends on if you're okay with your kids hearing the F-bomb. But, uh, <laughs> I will not I be love watching it. Ted with Oliver, Tom. That is for sure. Uh, I, can, I, can only, I can only imagine. So, uh, But uh, don't no spoilers or anything like that. But have you gotten into the – they say this is, the, this is it. This is the, they're done after this, but they're already talking about spinoffs and all that. Of course, I'm closing my ears at work because we are midway through season two. So – Okay. We, we are. Yes, now, I, now I know how I'm people who've never seen three, Yellowstone feel. Yeah, I watch it with one of my friends um, who who has had less time than usual. So we're halfway through season three. But Got I've it. watched season Got one it. and two each a, a couple times. Got it. All right. Well, I know you got to be uh, bouncing here, uh, Adam. I appreciate you joining us. Also joining us now, Tony Donahue of the Tony D Podcast. Uh, Tony, we're joining. We're running just a little bit late, but you jumped in right in time for the Ted Lasso conversation. Are you a Ted Lasso kind of guy? I've never seen it. Oh, good. I, you're in my you're in my club now because I had never seen. Everybody at work was talking about the final se- uh, the final season, da da da, and my. my my manager, she goes, all right, your homework, you got to go watch some Ted Lasso. I started it, and I thought, man, I thought it was going to be a lot more serious. I actually got hooked. I have to admit, I got sucked in. Your homework, Tony, is to go watch Ted Lasso. <laughs> it's, it's, it's great. It's great. So, 
Tony, I appreciate you joining us. Tony Donahue, the Tony D Podcast, jumps in with us. Guys, we've been running a little bit behind, uh, so we just have had a lot to, to, to catch up with. Thanks, Steve Wilson from Speedway Digest, uh, jumping in with us and talking with us uh, with uh, some NASCAR going out in Sonoma and doing the split camera view, if you will, between Adam and, and Tony. Tony, let's real quickly, let's talk about the elephant in the room, and then we'll get to, to some of the other stuff. Uh Obviously, I'm referring to Isaiah Rogers, Indianapolis Colts betting. Uh, he's not the only one. Insert name here. I mean, it, it is kind of gone rampant. It, it's just it's in our face right here. It's now we have another issue with the Indianapolis Colts. What I'm hearing is the Colts didn't know about it until it, like the story broke this week that this investigation has been going on since February and he knew about it. Um, what I'm hearing now from what I read, now I, I have not seen anything official from the NFL yet because there hasn't been anything come down, but in sport, on a Sports Illustrated uh, column today, they did say a, Isaiah Rogers did bet on the Colts, numerous Colts games, while inside the Colts facility, which that also encompasses when they're on the road and team hotels and all of that stuff. So what are your thoughts on a high level on this? I mean, we don't want to jump the gun too much. But he has admitted to this, and if everything he's saying is true, I, I think we're looking at a lifetime ban, but maybe an indefinite suspension. But he's definitely not going to be a Colts anymore. But what are your thoughts? I know you're, you like the gambling world. I like the gambling world. So from that aspect of it, I thought you'd be a, a good subject matter expert to talk about this with us. Um, yeah, I mean, look, here's the here's, – it's not – they put these rules in place because they don't want games to be fixed or the integrity right. of a football game to be changed in any way. But, you know, here's the thing. is Every player, every coach, every member of the organization, whether it is the janitor that's sweeping the floors at Lucas Oil Stadium, marketing guy, to, you know, the secretary at the front desk, has to take a course and – to not gamble here it it, it, it is a strict policy if you're not allowed to gamble whatsoever you're not even supposed to be seen in a casino now there's Mm -hmm. sports books you know back in the day you would see players at the blackjack table or whatever that's fine but now that sports books and sports gambling is legalized you're not even supposed to be in it and he was did he kill somebody did he take illegal drugs? No, but he did break a rule that the NFL has, whether you um, mm-hmm. agree with it or not. And do I think it's the biggest of deals? No, I don't. I mean, he wasn't didn't seem like he was betting against the Colts. Um, you know, but on the flip side of that, it's like okay, well, the NFL's taking all this money from all these sports books, and you know, it would be like. I don't know. It, 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 it's a difficult situation for sure. Um, I don't think it's as egregious as what it's going to be made out to be. Um, you know, I know Calvin Ridley got a year suspension. Uh, here's the thing, man. Isaiah Rogers, is like, he's a fringe guy, right? Like, if you go to the game next year and you don't see Isaiah Rogers, you're not going to even notice that he's gone. I mean, he's he's right. very much on, right. the, on the outskirts looking in. You know, and, and this is all going to be swept under the rug. You take your suspension. See you later. But when it, if this ever comes down where it's a major player or it's a quarterback or it's a household football name, then that's when it will be a massive deal. Here, I mean, did he screw up? Yeah, because he broke the rules that were set in front of him. Did he do something that's legal to everybody else? Yes. 
um, but it's not legal inside of the NFL halls, and that's where the suspension is going to come in. That's what this, you know. Now, if he was a retired player, nobody would even know about this. Um, I just think that the league is going to take the first few people that this caught up in this and make them an extreme example. That's what they did with Calvin Ridley. That's what they'll do with Isaiah Rogers. So, is it the most egregious offense in the world? No. Is it still against the rules that have been put forth to the NFL? Yes. Um, do I agree with most of those rules? No. Uh, but it is what it is. So he, he did egregiously um, break the rules, and you know you got to live with the consequences of that. Yeah, like it or not, good, bad, or indifferent, it is the rules that are in place, and they're in place for a reason. And he did violently – not violently, that's not the word. He violated those rules and those put in place. So like you said, here's the thing. The Colts aren't going to release him until he gets um, the punishment that comes down from the league. And the reason for that, and please correct me if I'm wrong, that, that frees up – once the league comes down and says, here's your punishment, okay, now we can release him, that frees up cap space. But do they also have to pay him his contract? Do the Colts have to do that? I don't know. It's a go-to question for you. Maybe you know, maybe you don't. I'm just curious. Yeah, I, I don't believe so. I think once you cut him and you send him on his way for, you know, there there are outs in every, in every contract, right? There are, hey, if you do something illegal, we can cut you with no money. Or, hey, if you ended up arrested, we can cut you with no money. And, and, and that kind of get you out of the contract. I think it's probably the same on a lot of contracts. Um, and I think once they let him go, um, he's able to, um, you know, it's, it's, it'll free up cap space for the, for the Colts. Well, the good thing about it is they did uh, fill a lot of open holes in the cornerback uh, position with the Colts. Uh, I, I don't think the Colts knew anything about this during the draft. That would be a whole nother level of stuff, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, you know, I guess I don't feel sorry for stupid. I, I, I guess, you know, I, I would feel sorry for the guy if he, you know, got hurt and all kinds of other stuff happened and gambling wasn't involved. But I, I just feel like he he just openly said, what, what, you think I'm not going to get caught? Or I don't, I don't know. I know he knew he was doing something wrong when he had somebody else placed the bat for him. I mean, once you start doing that, you know you're in that no longer in the gray area. Uh, so, uh, but it's not just the NFL. It's, you know, it's NBA, it's MLB, it's happening in, a, in other sports. It just happens to be in our backyard right now, and so it happens to be the the uh, the topic the topic at hand. So, and, and, and you know, the, I get it. The NFL's in, in bed with the betting books and the scoring books. I mean, look what's going to happen in Vegas. <laughs> the Super Bowl, for God's sake, is going to be in Vegas next year. But as as our friend Jay Query said at the beginning of the, of the week, you know, if I'm a bartender. And I'm tending bar to everybody's out there drinking. That doesn't mean that because I'm behind the bar that I get to partake in drinking. So that might be a, kind of an obscure analogy, but I like it's a good analogy. Let's move on over to IndyCar. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the recap of Detroit, uh, the, the Detroit race. First of all, what were your thoughts of it? I liked the race, sort of. <laughs> it was a different type of racetrack. I have to. I hate to use this word, but it is Detroit. It did look very ghettoish to me, and I don't really mean that in a bad or insultive way. I just mean that there's a lot of work that needs to be done to that track. What were your thoughts overall? You you went up there. What were your thoughts overall of the track, the race? It was certainly a good race. I mean, we had some what we knew was going to happen. It played out just the way we thought it would. But uh, recap on Detroit. 
Uh, yeah, uh, I wouldn't describe it as that. I, I had a really good time. I thought the city was, was very clean. It was very well protective. I mean, there are parts of downtown Detroit that, that are older than others, but um, I thought the track was, was, was aggressive. I thought the track was, was challenging for drivers. Um, I, I liked the competition. I, I liked the dual pit lane that we never have seen before. I, that was I interesting, like, yes. I do like some, uh, I do like some, some tight turns. Uh, there was some fast rates. I mean, I, I thought overall it was a really good event. I mean, I think if you ask Roger Penske, he's going to tell you, outside of not making money and a Honda team winning, it was awesome. I mean, they had the victory circle set up uh, right there along the waterfront. Detroit has a very beautiful waterfront, a walkway. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had awesome concerts. You could see over to Windsor. Um, the weather was perfect. I mean, you couldn't ask for anything better. Um, it was a little bit hotter on Saturday, but we found our way to the top of a parking garage that, that parked the, you know, fans and media members and, and got a really good look down from about the ninth floor and was just looking down on top of the track. It was pretty cool. Um, I thought overall it was, it was, um, it was different, you know, with every street course, you're probably going to have to change a little bit of, a little bit of your layout as far as making this wider or making this turn a little mm-hmm. bit more of a runoff or, you know, but you have that with every street course. I mean, every street course you go to, whether you've been there for 10 years or two years, you're going to constantly be making adjustments. So um, I liked it. There was a great, we had a great concert Saturday night we went to. And, uh, you nice. know, I thought overall it was the, the, the city of Detroit was clean. Uh, it was yeah. fun. I, I never didn't feel safe. Uh, and I thought the track was awesome. So uh, I enjoyed my uh, my two days up in Detroit. Love it, love it. I mean, and I think it's a great thing for IndyCar. To, certainly, that city needed an economic shot in the arm, and I'm sure that it did that. So, but I guess what my part was, there was just you know, parts that were so tight, it just kind of looked like they were racing in a prison wall. It was kind of a weird look, um, and I, I think other people said stuff like the the turns were too tight, and you know, the road was too bumpy. But hey, they'll they'll evolve and they'll get better. Bigger news, moving on, uh, again, back in our backyard, Ed Carpenter and Connor Daly part ways. Uh, from those in the know with IndyCar, not really surprised about this. Looks like Ryan Hunter Ray is going to be the guy. I, I, I just Is Ryan Hunter Ray that better of a driver? Maybe because he's won an Indy 500. Uh, but you think, well, Connor Daly did good at the Indy 500, but when you look at overall, the overall picture with the relationship with Connor Daly and and Carpenter, it, it, you can see why that business decision had to be made. Um, what are your thoughts on that? It was kind of a shocking news that it happened. I don't think anybody saw it coming, but I guess those in the know did see it coming. Go ahead. I mean, I wouldn't say I was certainly shocked. I'm a little bit probably more in the know than most people. Um, you know, the unfortunate thing, I mean, I get it. If the results aren't there, the results aren't there. You want to bring in somebody who is a veteran that can kind of set up, that can work on different different changes throughout the weekend of a car. And, and Connor, you know, maybe not, maybe isn't the best option as far as somebody who sets up the car. Uh, but it's not like his teammate Renus VK has been a world beater. I mean, outside of a, of a front row start of the Indianapolis 500, Renus really hasn't done much. Um, in the last year either. I think he had maybe a fourth-place finish last year at Iowa. That's been his highest since winning, you know, at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway in 2021. Um, we'll see. I mean, Ed and Ryan are very good friends. Ryan can hopefully come in and help set up a car and say, hey, this is, we need more of this, or let's try that, or let's move this adjustment a little bit more over here. 
Um, but, you know, it, it is a business. Things happen. And when you get to a point where um, you, you feel like you got to make a change, then you feel like you got to make a change. And it'll be see what happens with the BitNile sponsorship. Connor brought that in. Um, it'll probably stay with Ed Carpenter Racing through the end of the year uh, just to fulfill that contract. Uh, and then they may say, okay, we're going to go hop back on with Connor and, and go elsewhere. So, yeah, um, it, it, it's it's not ideal, obviously, losing your ride midway through the season. I mean, not even midway. I don't even think we've hit the midway point yet. Not yet. Um, not quite. <laughs> yeah, especially after picking up a decent finish inside of the Indianapolis 500. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you you got to be able to get it done and, and contend for podiums. And it's an uber-competitive IndyCar field right now. And uh, we've certainly seen that at the 500. We've certainly seen that uh, in the CW 100 Days Out show. Um, and you just, you got to perform and, and, and it's, it's, it's easier said than done. That's for sure. Well, I watched the finale yesterday of the, of the hundred days to, to Indy. I loved that whole series. He did a great job on it. And I, uh, was never really a fan of CW, but Hey, it, it was great. I encourage anybody to go watch it. If they, they haven't watched it, Connor Daly, I don't see it. I, I don't see an IndyCar team picking him up. Uh, NASCAR. There might be some holes there that he could go, you know, helmet in hand. But like you said, that sponsorship's going to stay with Ed Carpenter through the end of the year. So he's probably got, he's probably not going to have a ride the rest of this year. Where's he go next? So a lot of people say that he's going to go back to NASCAR. There, I've heard conversations about the sports car world. It's his days with IndyCar done. I mean, I, I don't know, but it doesn't look like there's a place for him right now in IndyCar. I mean, I think depending on how much Bitnaya wants to continue to back him, he can have a spot next year somewhere. Will it be full-time? Who knows? Um, you know, he's really good at Indy. I mean, hes we know that. It doesn't matter where he qualifies. He's always moving up to the field. He's always going to have that hometown flavor, that hometown flair that, that, that sponsors like mm-hmm. and, and sponsors want to get behind. He's, he brings a lot of attention to the sport. He brings a lot of new eyes onto the sport, um, and that's huge when it comes to marketing value. Um I could see him maybe, you know, landing in a dry and Rainbow next year for the 500. Or if Bitnile wants to back him again, maybe he goes back to Andretti. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of options left, but but I think the window is closing on on Connor Daly full time. I mean, he's he's 31 years old. He, he still has plenty yeah. of racing in him, um, and I think he's going to do everything he can to remain in IndyCar and to remain as part of the Indianapolis 500. And if NASCAR does come calling and there's more money there, then he'll go do that. So. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see how the, the remainder of the 2023 season plays out. I don't think this is the first or last firing we're going to see. Um, yeah. Certainly not the last. Uh, maybe it was the first in the season. Uh, but we're going to see some other yeah. musical chairs start happening here over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, absolutely. We'll see. Ro, uh, last question for you. Does Alex Pillow win his, uh, his IndyCar championship this year? You know, we'll see. I mean, he is hot right now. My only concern with Alex is, performance on the ovals you got two at iowa and you got one at gateway um you know it seems like he's got a pretty good stranglehold about 50 points but you know anything can happen this is last time is when this time last year new garden got hot he ripped off a win at iowa st louis road america um you know there's going to be guys that are, that are gunning for him so uh he's certainly in the catbird seat right now and he keeps doing what he's doing he'll win it uh but don't count out a guy like joseph Newgarden who it's coming off major momentum, winning the Indy 500. 
Tony Donahue, the Tony D podcast and burnoutsports.com. Check him out. What are you guys working on this week? Where can people find you? Where can Masterpieces, sir? Yeah, we've uh, got more IndyCar stuff. Check out the Fans Place app. That's, that's my job. Uh, we've got awesome uh, predictive contests for uh, soccer later on today, NASCAR, the NBA Finals, Stanley Cup Love going it. on. Uh, we're giving away Cubs tickets every Tuesday uh, with our friends over at Fat Dan's. So, I'll be sure to download the Fans Place app. I got it, and I and I love it. It's a great app. Thanks, Tony. Uh, you have yourself a great weekend. We'll talk with you soon. Sounds good, man. Have a great week. All right, thank you. Tony Donahue of the Tony D Podcast and BurnoutSports.com, our official IndyCar contributor, breaking down certainly the, the breaking news this week with Connor Daly and the separation with Connor Daly and Ed Carpenter Racing. Uh, and, of course, the recap in Detroit. Uh, you know, uh, either like it or you love it. I, I guess I, I, I wasn't on the outside of the track. I'm glad that Tony had a good time there. Uh, but uh, certainly always good to have him on. My name is Tom Marcos, El Presidente. We'll be right back with Ed Kraft, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles and SI.com, our official NFL contributor. We're going to continue this conversation of NFL gambling. We're also going to get into the offseason and the OTAs is what's going on here in our offseason check-in with Steve and uh, with Ed. We'll be right back right here on the Balance Radio Network. National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. Morning face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, What is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA. Love your home. Oh, hi. Uh, I've seen on the board, do you guys have Black Rifle coffee here? No, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted, so I don't, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? 
This is Masa Lekwa Pique, which of course in the Indonesian language, oh, let me finish, in the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they investor philanthropists? Do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans causes and first responder causes, but it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wanting. Do you have any? You know what? Actually, I'm, I'm just going to order it. They make it freshly yeah, roasted. Okay. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good. My name's Tom Marco, SL Presidente. Boy, if that doesn't get your juices flowing on a Saturday morning, then you got to get to your Black Rifle Coffee. BlackRifleCoffee.com. Buy a bag, give a bag. And you probably heard me tell this story before, uh, but I've got a friend who's in the Navy, and uh, their son is on a destroyer, and that's all they serve is Black Rifle. BlackRifleCoffee.com. Like I said, if Thunderstruck doesn't get you going, and I don't, I don't know what else does except for uh, our next guest, Ed Kratz, speed writer for the Philadelphia Eagles, and SI.com, our final guest of the day. We always save the best for last. And, and Ed, this is your walk-up song right here. Welcome back to the balancer. How are you? Do our, doing our uh, off-season check-in with you. Our, our yeah. OTAs with Ed. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm fired up. I love that song. And fire it up, buddy. Fire it up. Yeah. Um, so, you know, hey, Ted Lasso, I, I'm proud to report I'm halfway through season two. Me and Melissa are. So we are slowly, by, I think by the end of this weekend, we'll be really into season three, I hope. So no, still no spoilers, but I tried to get some sound bites. I couldn't get any loaded last night. But I was trying to get some. I'm all about Ted Lasso. And I'm, I, I give my team a Ted Lasso quote every 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 day, you know, yeah. every day. Yeah. Who's your Who's your favorite Ted Lasso character, though? Oh boy, I tell you, they they all have their moments of being <laughs> my favorite. <laughs> You're really steamrolling through that thing, though. Didn't you just start that uh, like a week yeah, or so ago? Well, yeah, yeah, last you, weekend. <laughs> well, it's my, one my of my. Man, pro- I was like the only one. Now I'm finding out though. Tony was just on it. He's never seen it, but Adam, he's big into it. But, uh, it, but my, my manager at work, he goes, all right, your homework is to watch Ted Lasso. I was like, I can do that. I thought it was going to be more serious. I thought it was going to be more around the soccer world, which I don't dislike soccer. Uh, you know, 
now that one of the okay. greatest soccer players in the world is coming to Miami. I mean, we're going to be talking about yeah. Lionel Messi. So there you yeah, go. That's, there, there's my soccer knowledge for you. Uh, but I, I thought it was going to be more around that. That's, that is the story. It is the backdrop, obviously. Uh, the, I don't think this is a spoiler for those that see he's an American football coach, goes to England to be a uh, soccer coach. But uh, uh, love it. You know, I have to say yeah. that my favorite character right now is Roy. I like yeah. Roy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's, I uh, didn't he's... like. I didn't like uh, the uh, Jamie Tartar. Is that his character name? Jamie Tart. The Jamie Tart. I didn't like his character, but I, he's kind of come around. I don't know, but <laughs> yeah, but he, 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 he evolved. He evolved. I, I love. I love Nate. And I'm, yeah. I don't know if there's a storyline there, but I, I loved him when he became a coach. You know. Oh, oh and yep, was, yep. And what position yeah. might tell does your does your mom play with it? <laughs> I can go on. I can go on. Yeah. I, but I, I do I do love me some uh, Ted Lasso. That's for sure. So well, I say I I thought that I, I I was just gonna say Tom. I thought the same thing you did was kind of it was a soccer story, and you know that's why we we kind of came to it maybe in season two, like we had missed the first season, but it's, it's so much more. It's about the relationships, right? I mean, they really dive into the relationships between the, the characters and uh, oh, yeah. yeah, you'll have to, you'll have to let me know when you're finished, uh, you know, your overall uh, thoughts on that. I will. I will. I mean, there's some serious times. I mean, like when he lost his wife, I mean, his wife left him, I should say, or he left his wife, however that happened. Uh, his right. son, the, the scenes with his son and, uh, there, there's some serious uh, moments that, you know, but overall, it's just a great, a great show. I, I like the owner. I like the little, the Roy's girl, who's Roy's girlfriend or whatever. She cracks me up too. The whole, yeah. the whole every, every character has their own. So yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, I, the purpose of this conversation today was supposed to be mostly around OTAs and, and uh, just an off season check in, but then, and then wait, there's more. Uh, we had this this big story, and, and, and I and I get that he's kind of a nobody player, but it does bring it to the for, forefront of the conversation. Of course, I, I'm referring to Isaiah Roger, who who just basically admitted after the story came out that there was a Colts player, unnamed Colts player, uh, being investigated for gambling because our minds immediately went to other people other than than Isaiah Rogers, and but uh, fortunately that wasn't the case. At least it doesn't appear to be the case. And it doesn't appear that the Colts even knew anything about this investigation until about the time the story broke and that he'd been investigated since February. Now, I read an article this morning in uh, Sports Illustrated, a brief article, is that he, they believe that he did bet on the Colts against the Colts inside the Colts facilities, which that umbrella is big. If they're, if they're at a game in Philadelphia, the team hotel then becomes the team locker room, then becomes the, the, the Colts facility. That he did do that. Now, I have not seen anything from the NFL, but if he did do that, he would be in line for a very rare lifetime suspension. At best, right now, he's in line for an indefinite suspension, which is different than a lifetime suspension because there's always that window that's open for him. So what you know about it, obviously, it's not just the Colts. It happens in all sports. We're just talking about it with the Colts right now because, you know, Right here in our backyard, our home backyard, but it's it's happening with the Lions. It's it's happened with other teams. What are your thoughts about the overall arching of 
I think this is going to get worse, and that's because of the relationship and that the NFL has with the sport books. Obviously, the Super Bowl is going to be in in Vegas next week. Next week, next this year, I'll get it right. right. Uh, go go ahead. I know that was a lot to unpack, but I guess I I just want to get your thoughts on on this issue and and how the the rules and and stuff apply to um, put your NFL. Uh, subject matter expert hat on, sir. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I mean, yeah, it's something that the NFL has to get ahead of here, and it may already be too late, uh, you know, because I'm sure there are other players that are, have gambled on their sport or, or, you know, maybe even on their own team, like uh, Isaiah Rogers is alleged to have done. So, you know, we don't know how many more cases there are going to be out there, but the NFL has to take a strong stand and, and really – I think you saw coming down on Calvin Ridley last year, he was really the first one to mm-hmm. kind of, uh, to, you know, get the hammer on this. And they, they sat him down for the whole season and you thought, wow, that really sends a message uh, that, you know, Hey, you, you, you do any gambling inside the team facility or on your own team. And you know, you're going to be gone for a while. And, and you thought, okay, well maybe that'll do it. And now we've seen Jamison Williams, uh, another Lions player get hit as well, uh, you know, now Rodgers possibly. So uh, there's going to be more, I think, that comes out on this. And teams and, you know, not just the NFL, but teams have to get ahead of it as well. And, you know, we talked to the Eagles coach Nick Sirianni about it uh, last week. And, you know, he said, you know, hey, they, they talk about all this stuff that comes up, uh, you know, once it comes up. And they've talked about gambling and, you know, the do's and don'ts and, um, you know, whether that's going to be enough, you don't know. I mean, you're right. This relationship that the NFL now has, with, you know, all these gambling sites, FanDuel, et cetera. I mean, they're, you know, they've opened up a can of worms here and it's going to be hard to get those worms back in the can, if you will. It's, uh, I thought the suspension of Ridley would have done it one year, but no, there are other cases. And, you know, Tom, it, it even extends now, I think, into the college ranks. Like, is there anything going on, you know, in the college game? I mean, it's, I don't think this is an exclusive NFL problem. I think there could be some issues in college that could come to the forefront on this as well. Um, and I'm surprised we haven't seen more, you know, referees or officials or, you know, umpires, whoever, whatever sport, you know, them doing this um, because the temptation is there and it's too great uh, maybe not to do it. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see how it all shakes out here over the next, you know, few months and a year and even beyond well here's the thing with not just with the nfl but obviously that's the topic at hand right now the policies come into place after people become dumbasses excuse my friends i i guess it doesn't you should not need education but the, i know in the colts locker room i know this for a fact and you might could speak to the eagles and other locker rooms you you're in more locker rooms than i am and in the meeting rooms, there are signs that say, do not bet, do not be in sports books. There are signs that say, don't do that. So at best, if they weren't educated on the NFL gambling policy, there's a sign that says, don't do it. You know, I, I guess, I, I, guess I, do, I don't have a lot of sympathy for stupidity. I, if, you, if you were saying to somebody, make this bet for me, you know you are in the wrong area. You know you're not in the gray line anymore. You know you are doing something wrong. You know, is it? did it kill somebody? No. We talked about this the last night. Did it kill somebody? No. 
but he did clearly violate the NFL policy rules. And I'm not just talking about, you know, as you mentioned, Jamison uh, Williamson is, you know, one of the, the recent players. And, and then there's a, there's a whole list, of, and we could just talk about the NFL. But we're also talking in our racing segment earlier that this is something that NASCAR is new to, that they're just now starting to look at this because they didn't have this issue before, but now they do. So it's not just that. But the relationship between the NFL and sports betting is ever-evolving. And so I don't really – I, I, I kind of review the the uh, gambling policy and personnel policy, but I, I, I didn't go deep into it. But when it com- the way I understand it is that when it comes to the NFL personnel and games and policy, it's simple. It's just a no-go area. All betting on NFL games is prohibited for the NFL personnel. No excuses. That's basically what the, the policy says. All NFL personnel, are, and I'm quoting this now, all NFL personnel are prohibited from placing, soliciting, or facilitating any bet, whether directly or indirectly, through a third party or any NFL game, practice, or event. This includes uh, betting on game outcomes, statistics, performance, and any other individual pers- uh, per- per- participant, sorry, or any other co- kind of pro position bet, which is wagering when which in which wagering is offered. There's your lawyer answer. That is a quote from the NFL personnel policy. Goes on to say that okay, if you bet. Say you bet on baseball, but you're inside the team facility, automatic six-game suspension. If you bet on or against your current team in the facility, that becomes an indefinite suspension. And then it's up to the league to say, are you going to get a lifetime suspension or not? Now, here's the other gray area, if you will, the other hook, if you will. Okay, the NFL says, hey, you can't – you can't – Bet you've got a lifetime suspension. Isaiah Rogers, in theory, could go to the Canadian League, the USFL that's now more and more, or Europe, Germany. Uh, could go in any. Box now, I'll turn it back over to you, Ed, but that's how I understand it. And, and if you see any holes in there, feel, feel free to, to, to tell me about it. But do you think that? The NFL has created this monster themselves. Well, yeah, I do. I mean, this was their, you know, decision to, you know, align themselves with, you know, these betting operations. And it's so easy to do. You just, you know, what's it, two swipes on your phone to place a bet? You I have do an app. I'm guilty. I'm yeah. guilty. I mean, it's, every week. <laughs> it's, 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 yeah. It's, it's just too easy. And, you know, you can have all the signs that you want, but, you know, the, first of all, professional athletes, not all of them are, are, you know, road scholars. Let's face it. You know, you have a lot of differing intellects inside of a, a professional athlete, you know, inside a professional locker room, whether, no matter what the sport is, uh, you know, and, and how many times do you go into a store and you see do not touch, you know, whatever it is, you but know, you touch expensive it. looking, but you touch it. You know, I mean, you like, push, like when you, you go to the like when you go to the zoo and you're at the gorilla thing, don't bang on the glass, but yet you bang on the glass. Yeah. Yeah, right. I mean, it's kind of like that. Or don't feed the animals and you, you toss a couple peanuts in anyway. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. it's sometimes even more of a, a temptation to do it, you know, to push the envelope. So, you know, signs aren't going to, you know, sure, they'll serve as a, you know, somewhat of a deterrent, but what's going to matter is, 
once you start taking away paychecks and money uh, from these athletes and, you know, I imagine if you're suspending them for games, that's probably you're not getting paid while you're suspended. So, I mean, that's really where it's going to have to hit and it's going to have to hit harder probably than six games. I mean, I, I really think it should start with a year. Um, and, and it's it's funny, like I, you mentioned that it's kind of new to, you know, the auto racing circuit. I, I, I think the NFL, I, I think this might have caught them a little bit off guard, too. I, I don't remember seeing signs in locker rooms, you know, five years ago or, or even beyond that. But yet in baseball, I was talking to a friend of mine who was a draft pick of the Phillies back in 1986. He tore up his knee. You know, he made it as high as AAA, but he was a highly regarded prospect in baseball. And he, I talked to him about this, and he said there were signs in locker rooms back in the late 80s and 90s in, in Major League Baseball locker rooms, and that's when, you know, Pete Rose got in all that trouble. Um, so, you know, but to me, I haven't remember seeing it in NFL locker rooms or being talked about inside NFL locker rooms. It's almost like you may have caught the NFL off guard a little bit, uh, and now they have to figure out a way to get ahead of it because it's going to keep coming up until something is done. And I'm not sure there's going to be any, you know, surefire deterrent that's going to stop this from happening. Yeah, and you mentioned Pete Rose. That's a whole other soapbox that I could get on. Pete Rose should be in the Hall of Fame, period, in a discussion. We'll save that for another day, though. Uh, But, uh, you know, and and obviously our our topic today is going to be OTAs. We just kind of got sidetracked with everything that's going on. But just a side note. I'm on a website talking about your Philadelphia Eagles, and I won't name the 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 uh, I won't name the sports book, but right here, right in front of my face, it says Bet Now at 9:10, 4:25 p.m. Uh, September 10th, whatever, 4:25 p.m. The Eagles and New England. The spread is four and a half. It's talking about the money line. It's talking about the over and under, odds and lines. So right there, right there on the website, but the Talking about the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, is that? Mm-hmm. I mean, that tells you the oh. the relationship that is there. You know. Yeah, exactly. And it's too, like I said, it's too easy uh, not to to do it. I mean, and, and that's not going to change. I mean, you know, you say yourself, you look at your phone, it's an app, you hit it, and, you know, thirty seconds later, you're you're invested monetarily in something. So I'm a high you know, roller. That's, Five dollars here, five dollars. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, just imagine so, being a pro athlete, and you know, look at the yeah. money these guys are getting. Look at Jalen Hurts, you know, two hundred and fifty-five million dollars, twenty-four years old. Uh, you know, what, what are these guys going to do with all that money? So, uh, you know, and I'm not saying Hurts is a gambler, obviously, but I'm just using the money that these guys get as an example. And you know, sure, why not throw away, you know, a few thousand dollars just to have a little fun and you know, a little bit of a vested interest in whatever you're gambling on. So, uh, you know, they just have to be smart about it. And I guess you can wager on other sports. Like if you want to do baseball or basketball or, you know, you know, whatever, as long as you're not doing football, if that's the sport you play, I guess that's legal. Um, so, you know, just it, kind it, of keep it, it to I, the, yeah. I guess from what I understood with the policy here, they can do on other sports as long as it's not inside the team facility, but they can't bet on any NFL. That doesn't mean they can't bet on college football the way I understand it. So let's get yeah, on over yeah. to the ETAs. I know I got you for a very uh, limited amount of time. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles held their final AT- OTA practice. Uh, let's talk a little bit about, obviously, Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts uh, uh, feels like he's not been at his best right now. And what, what got them there last year? Is it going to get them there, there this year? 
Uh, I saw an article you wrote also about uh, Jalen Hurts. So let's get the Jalen Hurts update. Uh, and uh, again, OTAs. So let's not read too much into the tea leaves. But, you know, you look at uh, it, it sounds like from reading articles and, and tweets and stuff, Jalen Hurts is not happy with himself and not happy with the team in the OTAs. What, what, what have you noticed and what have you uh, seen re- regarding Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles out at the uh, Nova Care Complex Center there? Well, yeah, it would, listen, the Eagles had six OTAs, which I think is probably fewer than any team in the league. They're the only team in the league that's not going to have a mandatory mini camp. Most of these teams are still in the facility working. The Eagles are on summer break. Uh, and last year I came down pretty hard on that because they did the same thing last year. And, you know, they went to the Super Bowl, uh, you know, because I think their team was fresh and it stayed healthy throughout the course of the season. And, and you know, you just can't pair back once the season gets underway. You can reduce practices and all that. But, you know, I think it's for the long term, you have to start thinking in May and June what you're doing with these players. And that's the Eagles philosophy. So, you know, we were only allowed to watch two practices, and they totaled about maybe 55 minutes. So, you know, we really saw very, very little of what the Eagles did. They did no team drills. There was no 11-on-11 work. It was all, you know, maybe a couple periods of 7-on-7. So, you know, it's really hard to read in exactly, you know, what this team looks like. I mean, yeah, Hurts threw two interceptions on Thursday, okay, Um yeah, that happens. And, you know, are they trying things? Are they doing different patterns or, uh, you know, whatever the case may be? I mean, it, it, it's really not nothing to be concerned about with him or the Eagles or any other team at this point in the season because it's, you know, it's just spring work and you're, you're working things out and you're trying different things to see if they'll work, uh, you know, once the training camp gets here. So, you know, I don't want to say it's wor- it's definitely not worthless, but it's hard for reporters to kind of make any sort of, you know, conclusive observation when you're seeing them for such a short period of time. And, and they're really not doing anything. Like, how did Jalen Carter and Nolan Smith, their two first-round picks, look? I mean, they're defensive linemen or an outside edge rusher in Smith's case. They, they don't do anything. They just go through drills against dummy bags. They're not pass rushing or coming after the quarterback. Uh, you know, it's just all kind of technique, fundamental-type work. And, you know, did they look good? I, you know, maybe, maybe not. I, it, you really can't make any judgment. So, uh, obviously, wide receiver uh, with, with the Eagles there, Quiz, Quiz Watkins, I think that's a nickname. Uh, that relationship between um, Jalen Hurts and Watkins uh, appears to be evolving. Um, what's that like? And what, what do you – I know you seem very limited with – Am I saying it right, Quez? Is that a, is that a freaking nickname or is that yeah. his actual name? No, no, that's his name, Quez, Q-U-E-Z, Quez. <laughs> Quez. So uh, I, I guess is, are we just in a wait-and-see mode with him? Is he still developing? I, I think you guys drafted him, you know, a few years ago, but I think he's just now starting to come into his own with the Eagles. What are your thoughts? Well, it looks like we lost Ed. <laughs> And it's back. Look, Ed, if you didn't like the question, you just should have said, hey, man, no comment. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I must have hit a wrong button there. Uh, but, yeah, well, you were, you were asking me about Quez, and, you know, uh, he's been yeah. the most maligned player in the offseason for the Eagles. You know, he dropped that pass deep down the field in the Super Bowl that, you know, could have made a difference in the outcome. You know, he, he, he doesn't fight very hard for the ball. That's what kind of led to two Gardner Minshew interceptions against the Cowboys in a – in a late season hey, loss I know to that them. Name. 
<laughs> yeah, right. Gardner Minshew. <laughs> Good. Uh, Go but ahead. yeah, Qu- so so Qu- you know, and, and everybody's asking about Quez and Nick Sirianni said, hey, a lot of guys impressed me this spring, but Quez really impressed me the most of all because, you know, he's a pro and he's taking care of business. And, you know, they're really coming to his uh, to his side to defend him. Defend him. Even Hurts said, hey, we, we came in together as rookies. We tore it up on the scout team. I'm excited to see the show he puts on. Um, but, listen, in reality, Quez Watkins is the third receiver on this team. He's probably the fourth or fifth weapon. You know, the offense runs through A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, and probably DeAndre Swift the running back at this point. So really, you know, in the scheme of things, Quez is going to get, he got 50 targets last year. He caught 33 passes. Uh, you know, he, he probably will get 40 targets this year. I mean, he's, you know, yeah, he's a, he's a guy that stretches the field. He's got speed and that's what you want. You want to pull a defender deep down the field and open up the underneath stuff for Devontae and AJ and Dallas. Uh, and, and then maybe once in a while you toss it to him deep or you send them on a deep out. But, you know, that, that third receiver position, unless somebody gets hurt, isn't really of consequence anyway, but the Eagles are all in on Quez Watkins. That's all they keep talking about is how great of a spring he's had. And, um, you know, they brought in Alamid Zacchaeus, OZ, they call him, Oz. Uh, We'll see if he competes for that job, you know, as the third receiver, Um, you know, but really if everybody stays healthy and Eagles got lucky there last year, nobody really got hurt. Uh, in that receiving room. So if they get lucky and they, that happens again, then, then Quez is going to be what, you know, he's supposed to be as a third guy that better take better care of his opportunities, uh, more so than he did last year. Um, but, you know, to me, DeAndre Hopkins is sitting out there. Sure, why wouldn't you go try to bring him in? But I just don't think he would be that kind of player and subjugate himself to that kind of role where he's only going to see 40 opportunities all season long. So, you know, right now it's Quez's show, and, you know, the Eagles are making sure that everybody knows, hey, he's our guy, and he's doing great. So nothing to see here. Move along. <laughs> and Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles and SI.com, our official NFL contributor. We were wanting to spend a lot more time on the OTAs throughout the league, but uh, uh, this uh, gambling story kind of kind of pushed us to the rails. But one more story, one of the biggest stories out of the office season so far is obviously Dalvin Cook is is no longer with the Vikings. We're still waiting to see where he wants to play. I think a lot of people, I'm in that party as well, that he's going to be a Dolphin, and, and what a shot in the arm it would be for them. But I know you mentioned to me, me the Broncos, maybe the Jets. I mean, he, he's certainly going to have his choice, but right now it looks like he wants to go to sunny Miami. Yeah, I mean, you know, he wants to go somewhere where he's going to be the guy, and it, uh, you know, we'll see where that is. Miami, who do they have? They have uh, Rashid, what's his name? Mostert. Uh, he's down there. Yeah, I can't Wilson, pronounce they, <laughs> Yeah, I think it's Raheem Mostert. Uh, you know, he's there, and this Wilson guy that they've got in the trade, I think with Denver, is there. I mean, that looks like probably he could go down there and be the, you know, the, the lead dog in the backfield. And, boy, what a, what a team Miami's building. We'll see. On paper, they look like they, you know, they they could be the dark horse in, in the AFC, which is pretty top-heavy. So maybe they sneak in there, and Cook would really help that happen. Um, you know, and, and the Broncos well, maybe. I mean, Javante Williams coming off a torn ACL, and the Jets with Aaron Rodgers and Brees Hall, their rookie from last year who, who suffered a season-ending injury. You know, how healthy is he? I mean, yeah, so those other teams make sense too. 
Well, we'll end it with this. As Ted Lasso would say, I do love a locker room. It smells like potential. I don't know which one I like better, the one where he's where he's yelling at uh, uh, Tart, and he's like, you are dividing this locker room. I like my locker room like my mom's bathing seat, all in one piece. <laughs> I love it. Great stuff. I, uh, I, I, I've been created a, a quote. A Ted Lasso quote monster. That's for sure. Ed Crash, we appreciate you joining us. I, I wish we'd had more time. We'll get you back on here soon, but I wish we had more time yeah. to talk about some of the OTAs. But uh, the the big story pushed pushed the rock down the road a little bit. Where can people find you yeah. working masterpieces, sir? What are you working on? Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll definitely do it again soon, Tom. And I'm glad you're enjoying Ted Lasso. Uh, Absolutely. I really am. Yeah. So yeah, Kratzy on Twitter at K R A C Z E. I put all my links up there, and you know we're kind of in the summer mode right now. So uh, you know, content creation will be uh, you know a little challenging, but you know there'll be stuff that, that will appear uh, still on the site. So uh, check it out if you want. We look forward to it. Ed, you have yourself a great weekend. Thanks, Tom. You too. All right, buddy. Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles and SI.com, uh, joins us to talk. We we had him scheduled. We already had him scheduled. And then, you know, this whole gambling thing. And maybe we beat it beat it to death, but, hey, we're done talking about it. We know what's what happened, and unless he becomes somebody major of importance. But it just did give us a good opportunity to talk about this, this topic. And good, bad, or indifferent, the rules say don't bet on the NFL – don't bet on anything inside the team facility. Again, like I said before, if you are having somebody else make that bet for you, you know you've already gone into the wrong area. You know you've already gone into the deep end. You can't swim. Yeah. Hey, thanks, by the way, if you're listening to us on the podcast. Make sure that you hit like so we know how awesome you are. <laughs> we know how freaking awesome we are. Follow us on the Twitter at T-Balance on the Book of Faces. Just search the balance for right there. Anywhere you get your podcast right there. The great thing about it is if you just listen to our podcast, if you're listening to our podcast, then uh, you've listened to our show because we don't we don't cut. We don't edit. Good, bad, or indifferent. We've, got, we've had some good shows. We've had some great shows, but this has been a good one. I uh, appreciate you guys joining us. And uh, we will – I can't even talk. Uh, but to, we always follow all social media. We've got a lot of stuff going on, on there. We're going to be following the races. We're going to be having the Belmont Stakes. We're going to have all of that stuff on our Twitter. So all the good reason why you should join us in the Twitter world. My name is Saul Marquez, El Presidente. We're going to wrap it up and put a bowl out on it. Don't drink and drive. It isn't cool. I'm out of here, deuces.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.